This time on Poll Hub, we're digging into our first national poll of 2023. We asked Americans about the State of the Union as Joe Biden prepares to deliver his address to the nation on that topic next week. And we also asked a bunch of other things that are, if we do say so ourselves, pretty interesting. Stick around for that. Then, does it ever bother you when you go to pick up takeout at a restaurant and there's a line on the check for a tip? Tipping used to be for the service you got when you dined in, but not anymore. We're looking at new data about how the pandemic has seemingly accelerated the tip at every opportunity economy. And Lee's fun fact is very seasonal. I'll leave you to ponder that while we get started. And hi, everybody. Welcome to Poll Hub. I'm J.D. Dapper. I'm Barbara Carvalho. I'm Mary Griffith. And I'm Lee Marigoff. It's like 60 minutes there. Um, so <laughs> our first poll of 2023 uh, concerned a lot of things. But let's start with uh, State of the Union. Uh, Joe Biden will be giving the State of the Union address um, next week as we record this. And um, Americans, we let Americans weigh in first before we, we hear from him. And uh, what did they have to say? Well, they, Americans basically do not think that the State of the Union is very strong. Uh, in fact, uh, 42% say that it's not very strong, and another 21% say it's not strong at all in surveyees for a whopping 62% that are on the downside. So the president certainly uh, has his work cut out for him, um, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's kind of an interesting, it's an interesting position. I, I can, I re can recall uh, way back in the day when uh, Carter gave his malaise speech, um, where he tried to recognize that he understood that people uh, were not in the best financial shape and that the country wasn't doing well. Uh, well, 1980 uh, certainly didn't turn out the best for him. Uh, as Reagan went on to not only win that election, but uh, serve eight years. So uh, so for the president, uh, I, I don't know if uh, uh, the, the the land of denial is, you know, someplace that he is going to need to be. Um, his, his approval rating is uh, OK. Um, it's been in the low 40s now for quite some time. Um, but um, so he's he has an opportunity here, certainly, uh, to inspire. Um, if not to acknowledge uh, that uh, people do not think things are going in the right direction. So, so Lee, I'd say there's a 100% chance that he will declare the State of the Union as strong. What do you think? So always an applause line. Uh, I'm going to look, um, I mean, there's a lot of things that can be said about this, but I'm going to be looking at, is there any kind of bipartisan sentiment? Because, um, you know, when you're watching on TV, uh, you know, the, the room is divided uh, as you're looking, the Democrats are to the left and the Republicans are to the right. Uh, from Biden's perspective, it's it's obviously the opposite. Um, and you do get this stand, sit, stand, sit kind of thing going on. Um, and I'm thinking also that behind him, in addition to the vice president, will be Speaker McCarthy. And um, this will be his first time at looking interested and attentive, but not standing too much uh, and or at all. Uh, and then, of course, there's that famous uh, Nancy Pelosi scene from uh, not too long ago with uh, Donald Trump, where she did that sarcastic uh, clapping after he was done, uh, which uh, so there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the kind of byplay we have right now of um, of the, you know, just the terrible rift in Congress, uh, which reflects the divisions 
around the country. Uh, and Barb, you talked about uh, Biden's approval rating. Well, you know, his numbers are in, in recent times uh, only second best to what Donald Trump had. Uh, and you go back to Bill Clinton or even earlier than that, uh, and presidents had higher approval ratings, including President Obama. But the two lowest, Trump and Biden, both were one-termers. So, you know, he's going to have to start to think about uh, setting the stage for his presumed re-election campaign. Uh, And uh, optimism is a part of his arsenal, for sure. We asked about a couple other things, too, um, uh, around extremism, which has been a topic that we've obviously spent a lot of time talking about and polling about. Um, And one of the things that stood out to me in this was that we asked, um, is extremism a problem for the Democratic Party? Is it a problem for the Republican Party? And while Democrats obviously said it's more of a problem for the Republican Party and Republicans said it was more of a problem for the Democratic Party, a majority of Americans and a big majority of independents overall feel like it's almost an equal problem for both parties. That surprised me a little bit, um, only because I think on the face of it, uh, the evidence, especially around the insurrection, just it seems like that's a little hard to swallow. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I look at those numbers. I'm totally surprised also uh, because one one side clearly had uh, posters, banners and signs uh, and a, uh, a a lynch platform out uh, on January 6th for the vice president. Uh, and the Democrats were not in involved with the planning or, or implementation of the, of the attack on the Capitol. I would think that would tip the scales in a big way on extremism. But again, it's the split in the country. And, you know, for the uh, for the Republicans, the extremists are, you know, the AOCs of the world uh, and Antifa or what have you. Uh, and that's maybe very different in terms of the amount of extremism that that in reality exists, uh, but uh... yeah, I mean, I can I can certainly understand. I mean, I think both sides also are looking at different things. Um, Democrats and independents who lean democratic um, are looking at preserving democracy. They think about uh, January six. They also, um, you know, think about uh, the disconnect. Um, between the Supreme Court decision on Dobbs. Um, but um, Republicans and Republican-leaning independents um, look uh, you know, at other issues, particularly cultural issues. Um, you know, they're looking at the um, you know, concerns about how this country may be changing in a way that they're not comfortable with in terms of values. Also, they may be, they're struggling in terms of financial um, issues. I think that the issues are very, very different. Uh, Republicans are looking at the economy. They're looking at inflation. They're looking at immigration. Uh, Democrats, uh, you know, are looking at uh, Jan- January 6th. They're looking at uh, uh, what they call voter pr- suppression and what uh, Republicans call rigged elections. And they're looking at the Dobbs decision. So uh, they're just it's a it's a very different uh, world perspective. But the bottom line, everybody thinks that, uh, you know, things are not going well. Um, and yeah. that uh, and and that uh, things that uh, things do need to change. We did have one question about social media in this oh, poll, of course, um, which you know, which I which we repeated and um, you know from the past, so it was trended a little bit. But we asked whether people think that social media uh, is more reckless and distracting, or you know, more 
more effective and informative in terms of communication and communicating information uh, that people are interested in. And I think the results were fairly interesting. Jay, I know you had some thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, this got a lot of pickup, I think, because people, um, you know, social media, especially with Elon Musk and Twitter and and all the potential investigations of social media that may be happening in Washington, plus the, the DOJ, you know, filing suit against Google. I mean, you know, social media is, is, is in the news. But um, the trend hasn't changed very much. We did ask this in, in January 2021. But there's this this pretty big generational divide about people thinking it is effective or it is uh, reckless, as you said. And even among Gen Z and millennials, only 41% think it is effective and informative. And I say only 41% because I think we we kind of err on the side of thinking, oh, this is the digital generation. These are the screeners. This They have lived in social media their entire adult lives pretty much. Um, but even they are jaded enough about the impacts of social media for a majority of them to say, nah, this just isn't good. Yet, we spend a lot of time on it. And so I just thought that was interesting that, that um, you know, social media, we think of it as this thing that uh, has only been around for a short period of time in, in the grand scheme of things and is dramatically important, has really changed the way that democracy works and all that, all of which may be true. But I don't think we're in a stasis here. I think there's a lot of changes to come. And I think what we assume about social media today may be a, a laughing line. You know, we may be laughing about it 10 years from now, or maybe even in a shorter period of time than that. That's all I'd say. Well, I don't have, have any tips right now for how to navigate the social media landscape. Uh, uh, tips. <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will leave that for class. Um, but I do tip, and apparently I'm not alone. According to a CNN report cited in Axios, tips at full-service restaurant are up about 25%, and that's compared with the previous year. And at casual places, the increase is up to 17%. So what's going on here? Well, basically, this has a lot to do with what was going on during the height of the pandemic. And what we're seeing at that time is a lot of people were increasing tips or tipping more to support local businesses and essential workers. And so what I've been seeing, as many people have, are those digital prompts when you order online or when you go to pay for a tip, sometimes 15%, sometimes 25%, or choose your own amount. I'm fully, fully, fully supportive of tipping our restaurant workers, especially because they do rely on tips to round out what they're getting paid in terms of minimum wage. But Lee, Barb, are you tired of tipping? Well, you know, it's 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 interesting because, um, you know, I've... I always tipped, even if I took takeout, uh, because I figured somebody had to put together, put it together. They had to stick it in the box, they stick it in the plastic container or whatever, and and that person may have be assigned to it for the evening, and therefore is getting probably paid as a as a server, but is actually not serving. So is still expecting tips, and uh, you know, as we know. Uh, restaurants have different policies as whether they pool their tips for all their servers mm -hmm. and divide or whether it's kind of every person for themselves. Um, so I, I always did tip, but I, I have felt, you know, when I'm going out to a restaurant or I'm picking up now that am I tipping enough? And uh, I think that it, I think that is an That's interesting change because because it was very different during the pandemic. Uh, restaurants. Uh, were very hard hit. That was a sector that was just brutalized. Um, and those a lot of those displaced workers are still displaced uh, and restaurants are still struggling to uh, to get back. 
But I think there's a much bigger issue here, which is, you know, the minimum wage for restaurant mm -hmm. workers and, and recognizing that, um, you know, there have been a lot of changes uh, in the minimum wage, uh, you know, across states uh, for other kinds of workers. We haven't really seen changes uh, for uh, those workers who rely on other means of, uh, of, of earning their minimum wage, specifically in tips. Now, do you, uh, do, yeah, do you give, I'm, I'm just wondering whether you, uh, to Barb's point, uh, do you give less of a tip when it's a takeout or just sort of do the uh, a similar percentage? Uh, do you rack up the 20% when you grab something on the go? Or is that, you know, a 10 percenter? And then Mary can jump in on that. Yeah, it's usually a 10 or 15%. I do, uh -huh. I do tip less. But again, I mean, even when I'm in a restaurant, I'm actually feeling like the 20% is, is not enough um, because you, you do get the, you, you get the printout, you know, of your receipt. Uh, and very often a restaurant will include uh, percentages that you include and 20% is kind of on the low end. So you're under, you know, so the, the message there is, you know, if you're looking at a scale of, of how you should tip, uh, they're considering 20% on the low end. I have always been a proponent of tipping and I've always tended to tip more rather than less. Uh, I became much more aware of it during the height of the pandemic because we were very much relying on a lot of takeout, contactless. You know, the, the people who were delivering to the door basically put themselves at risk. You know, you never know who they came into contact with. So that was a big, that I was very aware of that during the pandemic. I will admit that I have, I'm a, I'm a member of a family of five. I do order in more than I care to admit. I would have to say most nights. Um, and I do go to the digital prompt to order in. And I'm a little bit taken aback sometimes when I take a look at how much I'm being asked whether or not, you know, how much I want to tip. And I do tend to go to the 15 or 20%. Um, and I always will tip a delivery person a little bit more because as we've seen, there have been increases in gas. They have lots of other... Mm -hmm. expenses that they are required to pick up in their job. And they're not, as Barb pointed out earlier, perhaps being compensated for what the work that they do. So that's yeah. where I am. Yeah. The only thing that I do that might be somewhat different, uh, if I'm in a very expensive restaurant, uh, I feel that that waiter is doing a lot better than the waiter who's working in a, you know, a place where you, you know, you, know, you sort pick of a, up a, a burger. Dime. Your tab is yeah. your fit. Your tab is fifteen dollars. It's not. Yeah. So I'm figuring if someone's working in an expensive restaurant on Saturday night, uh, they're doing really well if the place is crowded. Uh, I don't. And then also the the amount you're tipping is just quantitatively larger than the than the kind of the diner location. So I'm always sensitive to uh, to the fact that the person at the diner working there is uh, got to really work hard to to make that uh, make that goal. Uh, whereas uh, the fancy restaurant person is probably doing a little better to begin well, you with. You know, I, I think, you know, also, um, you know, if you get out a little bit, you know, beyond beyond our borders, uh, this is really yeah. an American thing. Um, when you, you know, when you travel abroad, uh, there is there is a minimum wage that doesn't need to be uh, made up uh, by the by the person who is consuming mm -hmm. the service. And so tipping is really an, an American uh, habit, an American custom. And perhaps uh, it may be time for us to actually 
pay a decent wage. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes a tip gets you into a parking lot, which is full. <laughs> oh, those are those are yeah, those are different tips. Like. That's a different tip. <laughs> I think I, I think they're actually bribes. <laughs> yeah, you wave that five dollar bill, and one time the person said to me at Yankee Stadium, "Not enough." So then I I waved a twenty dollar bill and I got in. <laughs> so well, before Lee gets himself into more trouble and I have to do some damage control, Lee, why don't you take it away to the to the fun fact this week? Fun fact is a fun fact this time because as uh, as as we're recording this, we're on the eve of uh, Ponsatoni Phil, uh, who may or may not see his or her shadow. I guess it's a he. Uh, I really never thought of the gender of uh, Ponsatoni Phil, but but anyway. Um, the it would be Punxsutawney Phyllis if it was. Uh, if that's it was correct. Funny. That's correct. And the question itself, which was asked by CBS in 2016, actually reflected a change in language. Also, who do you trust more to tell you when warm weather will come? TV weather people or the groundhog? Um, and people went overwhelmingly. 78 percent in the national poll went with. The meteorologists, uh, uh, only 14% went groundhog because I don't think they really bought it. I suspect those people don't buy the science of uh, weather forecasting either. And 7% said they just didn't know, uh, which I think is kind of an admonition of something. I'm not sure what. Anyway, um, in my family, uh, February 2nd was my mom's birthday. And uh, so that was a special day. And I it was much more than uh, checking the uh, the uh, shadow of the groundhog. Well, you know, I think it's interesting. You know, uh, you know, you think it's so Do you think any there. of these? Well, no. Do you think any of these people who said the TV weather people were lying to pollsters? Oh, I mean, we all we all do watch. I mean, we you know, most of us do watch or at least, um, you know, do listen to find out what Punxsutawney Phil has in mind. I, I don't know that I don't know that we follow along or have high expectations. What's their track record? I mean, does anybody ever go back yes. and look? Yes. Yeah. As a yeah. matter of fact, they do yeah. very and well. They do very well. Region, there's a regional difference, uh, but in certain regions of <laughs> yeah, the country, you've looked across states. Yes, yeah, no, yeah. they. There was a recent that somebody did this recently, and regionally, uh, Punxsutawneyville or uh, his many relatives. I'm sure it's been going on forever. They don't live that long. Um, has a oh. uh, a a 65 percent plus record in some regions of the country over wow. the last hundred years. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, well, here's, like, here's my Casey, question. Casey has, Casey has something that really bothered her about this. Um, <laughs> I think we need to do a follow-up poll on these people in particular who conducted this poll and find out exactly what they meant by don't know if a groundhog can determine or a scientist. <laughs> I want to know why they decided to answer, don't know. <laughs> well, you know, mm. I was surprised because when I looked at this question, I actually thought that the date would be earlier because I know that we like to pick things out from way back when. Although weather people certainly gave it away that it had to be uh, uh, at least within the, the, the last decade or so. But I was surprised that people didn't refer to their app which I, I know is technically weather people, but, you know, that's, that's uh, I don't even think of weather as a person 
um, yeah. at this point. It's my Mary, little you... it's my little app with the sunshine and rain oh. on my iPhone. All right, Mary, save us, please. No, I was just going to ask, what if you don't trust either? Well, that's mm. the Sir Casey has a problem with. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's the people they don't trust either. I mean, I, I, so we just had a contractor at our house who did one of the oldest dad jokes around. He said, you know, the weather was very cold or very wet or whatever. And, and he said, yeah, I should have been a weather forecaster. You get paid a lot of money to be wrong all the time or 50% of the time. It's like, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Isn't that... well, we can relate as pollsters. We can relate. It's very yeah. difficult making predictions, especially about the future. That'll do it for Poll Hub this week. Poll Hub is produced by the Marist Pola at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York. Mary Griffith is our executive producer. Casey Schaff is our production supervisor. The Poll Hub team includes Athan Hollis and Will Promizel. If you enjoy Poll Hub, please consider leaving a review. Positive reviews help other listeners like you find us. If you'd like to learn more about polling and survey science, check out the Marist Poll Academy our free online learning portal accessible from our website. If you have questions for us, tweet them directly to at Marist Poll. Remember, you can always tell your smart speaker to play Poll Hub. And with any luck, it will cooperate. Finally, wherever you listen to Poll Hub, there is a subscribe button. Click it and the latest episode will be ready for you in your podcasting app as soon as it's released. We'll, we'll see, see you next time. time.